Hey, Job. Hey, again. Uh, so, it's a sad day. Why is that? Or at least it was several days ago. <laughs> uh, November 30th, the servers for Guitar Hero Live went down. Oh, no! And so, now you cannot play GHTV, which was uh, about two-thirds of the gameplay. You gonna pour one out for Guitar Hero Live? Uh-huh. Alright, I'm gonna play... I'm gonna play a little soothing ballad to send off this uh, game I bought. For $5. For $5 <laughs> on Black Friday a year ago. It's gonna be... So- I'm gonna play a sad song. It's gonna be really sad. Are you okay? I hope you're ready, guys. Through the fire and the flames we carry on. That was a Guitar Hero controller. (laughs) That was me throwing it on the (laughs) ground, and I hope it's broke now. Not like you could use it for anything. Waste of $5. Thanks, Activision. him we do show sometimes once a week if Josby remembers to upload it nope <laughs> <laughs> oh man what's going on everybody it's another beautiful week is where it we watched rocky four so it's not <laughs> well i mean more importantly we live in the hellscape that is known as the united states of america in 2018 so uh bad week Every week bad. Every week bad forever? Anyway. Man, we should live in a Soviet Union. Yeah, it's much better there. They have snow. <laughs> we don't have any of that. <laughs> what? Uh, really? Yeah. In, 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 uh, in northeastern U- USA, we don't have any snow. Anyway, welcome to our comedy podcast. <laughs> Did you laugh yet? Ah, ha, 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 Send me to the psych ward, buddy. Again, what's how's, up? how's Spider-Man? That's a very good game. Thank you for asking. So yeah, I can he's talk finally about getting around to positive. playing it. Yeah, he's playing it on... I gave him my shit to play it. I'm about he's... 80% of the way through the story. I would be further if I wasn't the kind of person that played every single piece of side content. I feel like that's how you have to play that game. That's how, like... Um, I'm okay with it because it actually flows pretty well when you do it that way right i i that's i enjoyed it better when i was doing all the side stuff in between i liked doing like you know you do all the fisk crimes and headquarters and shit and it feels like you've completely annihilated that crime gang and then when the next one comes in you completely annihilate that one and it actually flows well you move on to the next harder crime gang to fight uh that game is excellent Really loving that game. I've been a fan of Spider-Man my whole life, and for me, this game's been an absolute treat. They nail the character. Uh, We get new interpretations of side characters, and for the most part, they're all excellent. I've liked every single one. I think think Yuri Lowenthal is my favorite Spider-Man. 
you have said that, and I, I, you can definitely make a case for it. He's at least the best person to ever give a voice to the character, I would say. Uh, I really like, you know, your boy. Toby? No, not Toby. <laughs> I'm fucking tired. How, why can't I think of fucking anyone's names? Oh, I got it. Was it Toby Maguire? It was not Toby Maguire. Okay, hold on. Let me let me treat back and see if I can figure out who. Okay, hold on. It's Tom Holland. You mean Toby Maguire? Yeah. Okay. Toby Maguire. Yeah, that's the guy from Spider-Man Three. Yeah, that's the guy. Hmm. Hey, Spider-Man! Have you seen that clip uh, that was like circulating around where people were like, "Wow, I didn't know Spider-Man Three was that dark," or like, "Wow, this is Spider-Man 4. and it was just like. Uh, asshole paparazzi were accosting him and he like opens his car door and he's trying to get out and he's like get the fuck out of the way there's cars there asshole <laughs> he, like, <laughs> and it's like, oh my god and it, it is toby Maguire voice it's fucking great look that up if you get a chance kids yeah that sounds like a great time. type in angry toby or something I don't angry know. toby yeah uh no tom holland's great but he's playing a different version of the character this nails what I usually think of as Spider-Man in my head. A more experienced one. Like a college-age Spider-Man. As opposed to a high school-age Spider-Man. Yeah, this follows a Spider-Man that just graduated college. Yeah. That's cool. That's a good middle point that I usually think of as the character. I usually don't think like the uh, 2000s comics version of the character where he was like married and he was a high school teacher. That stuff's fun. And I like character development, and it sucks when they, like, revert back on it like they did in the comics. But it's it's cool when it's it's the it's the version of the character that I'm familiar with. And it's a new interpretation of the character, but it works really well. They nail it. Uh, I have a couple complaints about the game, but they're a little spoilery. Yeah, well, uh... Game been out for a while. You want to just, like, say, like, fast forward a minute? Okay. Spoilers! <laughs> spoilers right now! Alright, I'm gonna do it. Spoilers! Don't skip ahead, like, two minutes. Alright, go ahead. Alright, so at the end of Fantastic Beasts 2, uh, Johnny Depp vapes World War II out of a human skull. Yes. Anyway, Spider-Man. Waste <laughs> uh, yeah. time. I told. I said two minutes. Go. Yeah. All right. Um. I mean, it's just like, it, it's something that is obvious, but it felt so obvious that like I was kind of disappointed by how obvious it was, and that was the character of Otto. Yeah. Um. Doctor uh, Doc Ock. Yeah, they became Doc Ock too fast for my taste. Yeah. Um. Like for instance, like I don't think Norman Osborn's gonna become the Goblin in this game at any time. I think they might hint at it. But it's not like you're going to fight the Green Goblin. We'll talk about that more once you get to the end of the game. Okay. Um, it's it's not related to the Green Goblin, but, like... The they got to they gotta tease it a bit, because yeah, I know it's going to be coming. You, I want to the, see the, you... All the characters, the main characters in the game, get a little more fleshed out at the end of the game. And then we're, we'll okay. talk about that. I'm going to play the DLC as well. I'm very excited to play that. Uh, yeah, I have I've that heard now. the... Oh, you do? I do. We're going to get into it. Uh, I've heard the first one is excellent, and the second one is just like, okay... Uh, which, I'm not playing them until the third one comes out. That's fair, but I think I might start because I'm still wrapping up on the end of the game, and then I'll start the DLC. And by the time I'm done with the two DLCs, I think the third one will be out. Right at yeah. the end of the month here. 
Yeah, I think it comes out the end of the, it's either Which, the end of this uh, month or beginning of the next month. Will be about Silver Sable, I assume, given the title of it. Yes. Uh, second one about Hammerhead. First one about Black Cat. Uh, a bit of a minor controversy. Uh, there's some people that uh, I guess this is in the spoilers, by the way. Whatever. Spoilers over. Hi, hey, welcome back. Yeah, I don't know how they were supposed to know. I don't know. <laughs> Click on this timestamp. Uh, <laughs> like, I told them two minutes. Anyway, so Johnny Depp. Uh, claims that we need to stop the muggles from making World War II happen because they're a bunch of Nazis. But, like, in order to do that, we need to kill all of them like a bunch of Nazis. And that's really the true meaning of Christmas. I agree. <laughs> also, fuck you. <laughs> I I kind of just want you to talk about that movie because you've seen that movie. Yeah. I have not. And I, I have no intention of seeing Fantastic Beasts. I've really played any new games, so I could talk about Fantastic Beasts 2 real quick. All right. I mean, just to wrap up Spider-Man, it's a great game. You should play it. Uh, I need to play more games that came out this year. But as for me, a fan of superheroes and open-world games, it's like a it's like a 9.75 out of 10. There's just very few minor complaints I have about it, and it's mostly story-related. And even then, it's like, you know, I do want Doc Ock to happen. It's not that big of a deal. But, you know. Anyway, uh, talk about Terrible Movie. Yeah, so I didn't really play any new games this week. I'm just sitting in anticipation for Smash. I'm playing the new Winter Event in Monster Hunter. That's been fun. But, like, it just makes the whole thing a little Christmassy and brings back all the old, like, timed events you can get new stuff in. I've been doing that. Other than that, nothing. So, but I did go see Fantastic Beasts 2. And I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Read read the books as they were coming out, starting with the fourth one, I think. I and started then, with, uh... Shit, I think uh, 3 was coming out. I had the hardcover of 3. I have all the hardcovers from then on. Right. I don't have the hardcover for 4. I guess I started... The first one I got the day it came out was 5. I actually got it before it came out. That My my dad knew wow. somebody and they broke street date. And then I got it like a week before the book, the book was supposed to launch. Oof. And then I read it like before everybody else got it. It was fun. <laughs> I remember that happened with 6 and... Yeah, that was that the, was good times. Uh, the le- the legendary Snape kills Dumbledore meme began because you know. Oh man! Interestingly enough, there's not really anything that I've got spoiled for me from this movie that it even approaches any level of that because it would be too hard to explain the plot twists in this movie. To yell at it, people from a car, <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd have to yell at them for like forty five minutes. Yeah, and even then, then, like the the plot, the main plot twist in this movie is dumb. Mm-hmm. It's dumb and it makes me mad. Like the the end of the movie plot twist. There's not really anything up to that point that I would consider a plot twist. Honestly, looking back on it, it doesn't feel like a lot happens in this movie. It's like the it's like the weird middle child. I I can relate this movie heavily to Attack of the Clones, which is not a good thing. No, that's not good praise. That's, no, that's a damnation, really. Uh... uh, all the the character that we like very much. You know, lead character, Fantastic Beast. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Okay. Barely in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, there, but it's not about him, which the first one was. And that's, that's yeah, part the first of one charm. was about the Fantastic Beasts. Right. This one, there's, like, I don't know, like, three different beasts in the whole movie. And one of them's Johnny Depp. That'd be four. <laughs> fuck, right. don't, fuck Johnny Depp. But anyway... Was right he... away. Okay, go ahead. Right away, this movie starts with a really fucking just 
awkward opening scene where it's shot strangely, where it's like really up close shots. I and have, it feels weird. I have heard this scene compared to the now famous, infamous, really, opening scene of The Dark Knight Rises. Right. It's very similar in that it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Okay. And it's like, it feels compl- like a completely different film. But it's a weird, like, scene in the air with, like, characters that don't pop up ever again. And, like, the, the, it's filmed confusingly. There are characters in, like, the characters in that are in that scene are in the later parts of the movie. Okay. They're in the movie. But it's it's it feels like it was a like a cut from a different film. The way it was shot, the the dialogue, just the whole thing. This sounds like the plane scene to me. Right, but the uh, all the characters know. in that scene come back. That's the big difference. Who's the big guy? You. Wow, that's fucked up. It's not Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's not Bane. He's not in that scene. Bane. Okay. It, it's it's the it's three of the lead characters in the, in this film. But it's shot really weird, and I saw that, and I was like, is this what this movie's gonna be? This is really weird and kind of off-putting. And then it just drops that style. For the rest of the movie, it goes back to, like, the normal style you'd expect from one of these films. Hmm. And that threw me way the fuck off. That was a bad start. I'm like, alright, this is what we're in for, then. Just weirdly inconsistent. Disjointed? Yeah, very disjointed. Okay. Like, a lots of pieces of other movies. Sort of. Floating in a movie I gook. feel like this was one con- co- cohesive film past that point. Just not a good one. Um, okay. You have a bunch of, like, nonsensical, weird story bits of characters you do- don't care about, like, at all. Um, like I said, the-, the characters you give a shit about do not take a head in this movie. This movie's about Johnny Depp. And uh, uh, mostly about mostly about Johnny Depp and and the guy I forget his the actor's name, person who plays Dumbledore in this movie. That's Jude Law. Jude guy. Law, yeah, that's it. Was he any good? He was good. Okay. He was one of the bright spots of this movie, I think. But I didn't want a movie about Dumbledore. Yeah, I I don't need it. But they gave it to us. This movie is like basically about Dumbledore. Okay, I don't personally want another. Magic universe. What, what what do they call it? The world of magic. I didn't. I didn't want another Wizarding world. Sure. I I didn't want another movie in this universe anyway. I didn't even see the first Fantastic Beast. It's good. It's actually a good movie. I know, and I've heard that, and it's been recommended to me, and I will watch it eventually. But I'm I'm not really excited to jump in because well, the, now I know that it's just going to lead into a stagnant franchise. The first that doesn't movie really go can be anywhere. standalone. You don't have to watch the second one. That's fair. I might not. Because I, I don't know if I'm interested in everything I'm hearing here. It sounds like J.K. Rowling's uh, went full George Lucas and just kind of went yeah. off the deep end and isn't writing well anymore. Uh, so, what I this, don't know. So this movie ends up following, there's a character who's kind of the one of the antagonists in the first Fantastic Beast film. Um, it's kind of a spoiler for the that, first that's one. Play, yeah, yeah. But uh, maybe just spoiler tag in the description. I don't know. We we've talked about all kinds of shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that there's spoilers for both Spider-Man and Fantastic Beast Two in the description. You know, I don't recommend that anybody watches this movie. Sure, okay. Uh, but the character—I <laughs> forget the kid's name. All these characters are really forgettable. The main um, villain from the first movie, right. was played by uh, um, fuck's his name. 
Was it Ezra Miller? Yeah, that's it. He had a flash, Ezra right? Miller. Right. Okay. He's in... So, that, the end of that movie, heavily, it basically confirms that that character is dead. Fucking dead. I've heard about this. He dies in that, and then he's just, like, in the in second like, one? Ten minutes into the second movie, he's, like, there. I'm like, what? The fuck? <laughs> so they don't explain it? No! <laughs> if they tried to, I didn't understand it, because... As far as I know, there's no explanation. So that's kind of like if Voldemort just showed up in 4. Right. But, like, they didn't make a big to-do about it. He was just like, yeah, I've always been alive. Right. Same thing. <laughs> it just it just doesn't make any sense. It's, that started happening. I was like, what is going on? And it started, like, trying to dive into his backstory. And, like, it was him trying to, like, figure out, like, who his parents are. Like, who he is. And so your main themes of this movie following through are Johnny Depp being big old bad guy and trying to rally together other wizards to uh, to rule over muggles. You have Dumbledore fighting on the other side of that, trying to keep the, the wizarding world the way it is. And you have that kid. Your good old uh, Professor X Magneto archetypes, I suppose. Right. It's like the same thing. Same yeah. dynamic, really. And do you have Urza Miller. Don't know the characters. Don't know the actual character in the movie's name. I forget. I don't really care to the flash. find out. He uh, it's there's a big segment of this movie that's about him just trying to like discover, like who his parents are, who he is. There's this big convoluted fucking dumbass scene where he thinks he's something, and then they tell him that he's not, and then they double back on that and tell him that he's something else, and it's like a fake out thing, and I I. Oh god, it's hurting my brain to try to recall it. And then it gets. Does this to involve me... babies being switched around? You're right. Okay, I have. That. Yeah. And I've like... literally just jumped headfirst into, like, reviews of this movie because I don't care to see it. Right. <laughs> it's so funny there's, like, to laugh. Scene at. Where, like, yeah, you were a baby on this boat. And then, and then the, the, boat, the boat sunk or whatever or something. I forget. And then. And then, there, and then, this, the, then the one girl just chimes in and goes, like, no, I switched them. Different, diff, different parents. Not who your dad, and mom were. I'm like what? Just, just a quick double fake out. And like, okay, why? And that's just to tell you, just to make the grand fucking excuse that that's Dumbledore's younger brother. Whoo! Uh, why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Why? He's never mentioned he had a younger brother before, has he? No! Not All as far right. as I remember. If he did, it was, like, off to the side and didn't have anything to do with anything. It's just to give, like, this big final battle opponent something or whatever. Who cares? Yeah, I gotcha. That's kind of really dumb. And then it splits off, and then there's, like, this big thing where you have, like, the, you know, the, the middle movie, like... You know, there's that trope in the middle movie where, like, there's, there's that division between the protagonists. I'm opening a pop! It's the... It's the Empire Strikes Back thing where you, you enter the movie, like, trying to make you exit the movie feeling, like, empty and, like, oh, like no. shit went bad. Yeah. And then, like, then big old twist. But not successfully, like, Empire Strikes Back does. Right. It was done, yeah, so it's like an attempt at that, and it, like, it did not go well. Because it's a bunch of shit you don't care about. The difference with those franchises is with Empire Strikes Back, I really give a fuck about Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and Leia and Han. Boy, do I not fucking care about any of these fucking characters in Fantastic Beasts 2. I don't care. It probably also doesn't help that it's a prequel. So you do know... Like, like the stakes are a little... 
not there. Right. So you know who lives and who dies, really. Right. In a way. Because... Uh, well, obviously... It's obviously way in Johnny the future. Depp, yeah, obviously yeah. Johnny Depp doesn't win. Obviously Dumbledore's fine. Yeah. We know all this stuff. Yeah. So that kind of... That is kind of a detriment to it. But, like, even then, like, being the age that I was when I watched Empire Strikes Back, I also knew the outcome. You know that eventually they'll beat Darth Vader. There's right. another one. Sure, sure, and sure. I loved it. Still, like... It's just not executed correctly. Right. Because they haven't given us an excuse to care about any of these characters. And the ones they do, they didn't focus on a whole lot. They didn't so. focus on enough at all. The The three characters that were great in the first Fantastic Beast movie are not in this movie enough. I gotcha. That's Weird. That's a huge misstep. And it's because they wanted to turn this into something else. Like, did J.K. Rowling write this movie? Yeah. Okay, she wanted to turn this into something else. Yeah, it was just her. There was no they. There was just J.K. Wow, okay, I didn't. I didn't look into that because I did not. Care. I don't think there was a that she was the only person behind the first movie. I think there was other people yeah. that might explain how, like, like the the character who's dead, who isn't dead. Maybe she didn't want him to be dead, and she was like, "Well, fuck it, I'm writing the second one." I think it's apparent that she's not a screenwriter. Oh yeah. Uh she's a writer. And, and, and a couple times recently, she's experimented with other writing fields, such as a play. That was bad. And such as a film, uh, the, have been bad. The play felt like a fan fiction. I have heard that that was like Phantom Menace here from some people. Uh, I haven't personally read it, so I don't it know. It supports my theory that, that, that remember, the, uh, old, <laughs> remember the old theory that she didn't write the Harry Potter books? Is this a theory? Yeah, you, you don't remember this way back in the day. No, she might be more similar to George Lucas than I thought. There's a, it, it's just a conspiracy theory. She wrote well, that's books, also a conspiracy but, theory. But that George is, Lucas didn't really make. I remember Star Wars. reading this way back in the day of people going like, "There's like all this like dumb like air quotes evidence that like she was taking care of this old lady at the time." The like, old lady wrote Harry Potter. And then this old lady wrote Harry Potter, and then she died, and then she took them and published them. What the fuck? Right. Yeah, I never heard about this ever. Yeah, this is a long time ago. I've just ago. heard about her own story that she always talks about, which is like, I was poor. I was living in a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote down a bunch of shit on a napkin, and I, you know, I just wrote, like, boy, <laughs> lightning bolt, snakes, <laughs> big old man. <laughs> big, big boy. I don't know what else comes to mind when you think about Harry Potter. I, I just... I don't care about this movie. You could tell, because I'm, like, struggling to recall details. And I went yeah. and saw this movie. I know, I understand. But the most important part of this film was right at the end, Johnny Depp vapes World War II. I, I want to talk about this a little more, because I still have trouble understanding it. Okay, here's what happened. I referenced it earlier, and I, I kind of have looked into it more, and I kind of get it, but, like... I'm going to give you the entirety of the context behind this, okay? All right. You're at the end of the movie... Johnny Depp has this big meeting for wizards, and they all come in, and he tries to basically present his case for what he wants, the way he wants to change the world, right? Sure. Kill and, all muggles. Right. Well, yeah. he doesn't want to kill them. He wants to control them? Right. Okay. He wants to have complete control over them. That's what he wants to do. Alright. So, right. you have all these wizards in a room, and granted, this is taking place before World War II. Yes. So... He is talking about how there's going to be a grim future for, for if we let things stay the way they are. And then this lady walks up with uh, with the skull 
with the with the fucking hose sticking out of it, and he vapes out of it and breathes out imagery of World War Two, to show all those wizards that World War Two will happen if we don't stop the Muggles. What what imagery do they use specifically? Is it like, like is it literally Hitler? No, it's like Holocaust. No, it's, no, it's like like Sug- suggested war, Holocaust. It's like war imagery. There's I think there is a Nazi symbol in it. Okay. And there's, like, tank shooting and, like... There's a swastika in it? There's a swastika, I think. Okay. Maybe not. I don't remember. I don't really All care. Right. I know it was World War Two, and I was howling in laughter, and my eyes were a little hazy from tears. So it might not was, have... Was everyone in your group of people that went laughing? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. All right. <laughs> Mark Toth very loudly. My one friend was like, He made World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him doing it. He would. <laughs> it was really funny. He was, like, squirming in his seat, and it was a good time. Oh, my but, Lord. uh... And he does that, and then, and then a bunch of them, like, are like, yeah, we gotta stop World War II. <laughs> let's fuck, let's fucking chain up these muggles. Alright, so I don't get this. <laughs> Me neither. Because it feels like you're against something, and then to combat it, you're gonna do the thing that you're against. Right. To combat Nazis enslaving people and subjecting their will upon people, you're going to enslave them and it's subject not, your will upon them. It's not them. specifically about Nazis. Muggles. People are bad. Humans going to war with each other. Sure. They want to stop humans going to war with each other by going to war but against other wizards. But using the atrocities committed by the Nazis as an example of what humans can right. do. So, yeah, it is kind of like that. I guess so, yeah. And like I said, it's using... It's wizard Hitler is against Hitler, which is ironic. Right. <laughs> I, I don't it's know. It's so dumb. I bet J.K. Rowling thought she was so fucking smart when she wrote that. Oh, hell yeah. You know it. Now, here's something interesting I want to put forth a notion to you. And, I, and, I, and other people have kind of mentioned this. World War II is not specifically mentioned in Harry Potter. No. Do you think... <laughs> Neither is it in this film, by the way. No, I know. But this takes place before. Right. Is World War II circumvented, and this is an alternate universe... We'll find out in the third one. Do they go in glorious bastards and uh, <laughs> fucking? Won't be that cool. Hugo Stiglitz and fucking the Bear Jew kill Hitler before <laughs> in a different time. It won't be that cool. No, I don't think Johnny Depp will get to kill Hitler or no, anything like that. I don't think his plans ever ever come to fruition. World War Two probably still happens because uh, we know what happens. Yeah, no, I get it. But it would be funny if they went that way. And that's why they the didn't... The sheer audacity yeah, of doing that. All of that is why they shouldn't have made this movie about him. About Grindelwald. Is Johnny... Now, Johnny Depp is a person that I've grown to dislike over the years. And I'm sure yeah. you have well, as well. Well, he's a piece of shit. He belongs in the pit. Yes. Allegedly beat his wife and several other things. Uh, right. And, 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 and in a more realistic thing for us to be mad about given that we know the facts on this matter, he sucks in movies now. His time has passed. We, we, I haven't seen him he in a is, good role in years. He is as marginally okay as you can be as an actor in this movie. Okay. He this is what weird. I was trying to get it's to. How like is he in this? He just exists. Okay. It's so like, his presence is so unfelt. It's just like, he doesn't feel like a good villain He's just like, I don't right. know, 
everything in this movie just doesn't land. I don't necessarily think of him when I think of a villain either. There's like three good scenes in this movie. All of them are evolving when fun stuff is happening with beasts. Okay. That's what made the first one good. Just, the entire movie was fun stuff happening with beasts. <sighs> that's that's all this needed to be was more fun stuff happening with beasts. And it would have been a great time. But instead, here's what we have. Fucking Attack of the Clones in the <laughs> Wizarding World. <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If you, um, you want to watch a good Johnny Depp movie, uh, don't watch this one. Watch uh, Ed Wood. Ed Wood, good. Ed Wood, fantastic. Uh, maybe the first Pirates. For, I like the first two. I'll go with that. The first two are very good. Three is eh. really bad. I don't think it's really bad. It's okay. Four and five are really Off bad. Off of the promise of two, it's really bad. Yeah, sure. And then four is really bad, and then five I didn't see, but I assume is really it bad. It was on Netflix, I think, and I watched it, and I hated it. Awesome. It was bad. And I was and like, I, you know what? I've seen four of them. Let's watch another one. And I'm sure his best film is The Lone Ranger. Or no, hang on. Dark Shadows. Oh, God. Or no, hang on. I heard bad things. Yoga hosers. Oh, I heard really bad things. Or no, hang on. Mordecai. Also heard bad things. Or no, hang I'm going to be, I'm going to have to stop. Yeah, I can name stop. Johnny Depp movies all day because he just Why? has a billion. He has a billion movies. <laughs> Why? And only like, and only like 10% of them are with Tim Burton. It's a surprising amount. Yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, don't go see that movie, okay? Okay, don't do it. Just save yourself the I'll fucking read time. read you loud and clear. I know, I know a lot of people listen to this show probably probably Harry Potter fans, because, you know, it's a good series. This isn't worth your time. You're going to feel like you wasted your time. I, have, I felt like I wasted my time. It's important to remember the good times. Like when Harry Potter... Good times two years ago when the first Harry Fantastic Potter. Beast came out, and I was like, oh, this might be a really good, like, mini-series. Yeah. And then now we're here to something that's I I don't even, I can't believe it has the tagline Fantastic Beasts on it. If I'm being honest, because it doesn't feel like a Fantastic Beast movie. Speaking of the potential to be massively disappointed, yeah. Uh, last week we talked about the Game Awards. Hey, yeah. Let's um, real wanna... quick, real quick. Here's what I want to do to finish up the Game Awards stuff we were talking about last week. The Game Awards to... premieres uh, when you listen to this podcast tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be it'll premiere the it'll premiere on Thursday from yeah. us. And I'm gonna take Genhart here through the main categories, and I just want him to say what he wants to win these, and then we're gonna talk predict what we think is gonna get announced and what's gonna happen in these. Okay. And now... then afterwards, we're gonna talk about the weekend coming up too, because this is a very as far as video games go, this is a fucking packed week. Yeah, it really is. I would like also, to... the Gamer's Choice Awards happened last night. Oh, the, those already happened? Uh, did anything happen? Let's look it up. I Honestly, I don't know. I haven't heard any announcements. Yeah, it ha apparently, I was seeing people on Twitter, it happened. That sounds... I mean, it looked like ass, to be honest. I, I didn't want to watch it. KISS opens first ever Gamer's Choice Awards. That was the first article that showed up. If you know what you're in for... I almost spit up my drink. I'm not even joking. Oh, my God. Kiss. Kiss. They're on their final, 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 final tour, you know. I guess somebody's got to lick it up, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, wait, no, it's Sunday, December 9th. What happened last night? Uh, I don't know. Are you having a fever dream, Justin? 
I didn't think it was ha happening yet. I thought it was after the Game Awards. The Gamer's Choice Awards. Wait a minute. Did they pre-tape it? Yeah, okay, they pre-taped it. Okay, so Kiss will be there. Because it says... Or was there, because they pre-taped it. It's it not says, live. tune into the Red Carpet Live Show for 4.30 p.m. to 5.30 on GamersChoice.tv. So that happened already. The Red Carpet Live Show happened already, because it's pre-recorded. The whole thing is pre-recorded. Like the I'm whole, pretty the whole sure, event. It says on the bottom here, Sunday, December 9th, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Oh, it's only an hour long, too. Yeah, so it's, it must have been pre-recorded. Because then you have somebody tweeting at the bottom here. It's like, here's Courage tweeting, What a great la night last night. Love seeing everyone. It's pictures like him, Ninja, and a bunch of other people. Let's let's go to the Gamer's Choice Awards Twitter. I'm investigating. All right. Well, uh, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Uh, Talk about how you think the Gamer's Choice Awards are going to go. All right, so Kiss comes out. And uh, they play a song, and everybody boos. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, everybody's like, yeah, kiss, because that's unfortunately what people will do. And uh, they'll have, like, Ninja come out, and he'll be like, gamers. Gamers, am I right? Unless you're a female gamer. Ha, 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 ha. And the audience erupts in laughter. And they're like, anyway, here's the nominees. And they skip to the end. And it's like, best game. And then they name, like, a bunch of games that, like, didn't come out this year. Like, League of Legends and Overwatch. And then League wins best game because eight-year-olds voted on it. Right. And uh, that's the Game Awards. I'm sorry. The Gamer's Choice Awards. Not to be confused with the Game Awards. The original. The best. And by that I mean... Loads of cringe, but enjoyable to watch cringe, usually, because it gives us something to talk about. Did you fucking find the information yet? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like the red carpet, yeah, the taping was, was last night. Okay, so, so it's not live. Right. Like the Game Awards. Right. Another minus. So the red carpet and the taping was last night. Okay. And I saw somebody's periscoping, like, the red carpet, because they were streaming that on Twitch. And, yeah. And, like, it was really funny. Okay. Like, just, like, making fun of everybody that was there. It was a good time. That's good. So I was like, yeah, it's happening tonight. And I didn't look into it further, because I don't care. <laughs> well, apparently you cared to make the podcast ten minutes longer. Chusby. I think it was worth it. <laughs> Let's talk about the real one. Okay. So I'm going to run you through all these categories real quick. Why don't you tell me... What you want to win these? I have played no games this year, Jusby. Yeah, but there's a few on here you've played. Okay. I know which one you're going to pick for game of the year. Because you've only played one of these. Oh, I played God of War. Come on, Oh, you man. played two of them, yeah. Celeste, God of War, Monster Hunter World, Red Dead Redemption 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Spider-Man. Now. Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. I've played Spider-Man. Not what I'm going to say. What do you want to win? Celeste. I, I want Celeste to win it, too. Yeah, I think so. Because that would be the most interesting story. That's my actual game of the year, by the way. Celeste is incredible. I have not played Celeste, and I don't know if I will. I, I mean, I guess it might be Yakuza 6. <sighs> you fucking weeb. Nobody plays that game. <sighs> Celeste is a game that I, I doesn't really necessarily appeal to my gameplay sensibility. But that is an impressive piece of work. 
and it's it's artistically an gorgeous. indie success story. Uh, I want it to win because of that. Mm-hmm. It's up against big, huge games that took hundreds of people to create. Hundreds of people being whipped, at least at Rockstar. There's only uh, <laughs> three games on this list that got tens from 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 you know major outlets. So Celeste, God Red, of War, and Red, Red Dead Redemption Dead. Two. Yeah, those are the only three that got tens. Yeah. Um, I don't think Red Dead Redemption Two is deserving. God of War might be. Celeste is, and and there is nothing. Celeste is the is probably the best indie game I've ever played. So it's close running between that and Undertale. Okay, I was about to say maybe Undertale. Uh, maybe Undertale, but uh, it's masterfully crafted. It's got it's got a a really deep replayability scale on it. Like when you get to the end of the game, they unlock like enhanced and like meaner versions of all the levels you can go back and play. Really fun. The C sides. Yeah, the B and C sides. Really great. The soundtrack's awesome. The story is really touching. Has a good message. Uh, the art style is absolutely gorgeous. There's like little parts in the game that happen, and like they were so pretty that like that it just like captivated me. And that game just is impressive on every level. It doesn't have to be graphically powerful to be like that. Yeah. And Celeste proves it. It could be the little game that could, like like The Walking Dead was one year. You know? That would be neat. Right. But, Ongoing uh, game. Want to uh, move on here? Yeah, sure. Fortnite, Rainbow Six Siege, Overwatch, Destiny 2, No Man's Sky. I, I don't like Fortnite. <laughs> well, too bad. We're I've getting tried, it. I've tried like four times to get into Fortnite. Confirmed to be at the Game Awards Season 7, even though it hasn't been out for seven years. And that's not how that works. They I run guess. it every three months. Uh, okay. Seasons of the year. Okay. But uh, That's weird. Been out for a year and a half going to Season 7. No Man's Sky would be my pick for this. I would say so as well, because what that's a fucking story. An interesting uh rebound there. You have a game that like I play I bought No Man's Sky when it came out and I hated it. I thought it was boring, dreadful. You and everyone else, yeah. Right. And there was it just felt empty. Uh this update came out for No Man's Sky. They went and hunkered down. Hello games went and hunkered down for, for over a year. Almost. It was almost a year. And didn't say a goddamn word. And we were like, okay, they're probably done. But what they were doing is they were just keeping their heads down and working. Hard. It's uh, impressive, this, really. Yeah. And they turned this game, with their most recent big update to this game, they turned it into what it was supposed to be. And now it's great. I haven't been able to, like, sink my teeth fully into it, but I went and downloaded it, and I played with my brother for a little bit, because there's multiplayer now. Right. Like, like he's, like, you know, good old Sean Murray said way earlier, and before the game came out, like, yeah. <laughs> a and little then, bit, you know, then, those yeah. Things, yeah. And then it didn't work. And now it does. It was fun. I had a great time with it. Overwatch, I fell out of his boring. Destiny 2 can't keep me. Rainbow Six Siege is a great game. I just can't get into it. So, No Man's Sky. I don't play any of those games, and I don't hate any of those games. But No Man's Sky is an interesting story, and I would want that to win. What I think is the most most the most highly competitive category in this, even though we know what should and will win, independent game. 
uh, Celeste, the Messenger, Return of the Obra Dinn, Into the Breach, and Dead Cells. This is a powerful set of games. And these are five of the best games that came out this year. Yeah, but Celeste. Celeste is on a tier of its own. It's nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah, if it doesn't win that, it'll kind of be one of those, like, eh, awards. Right. Uh, The Game Awards kind of tends to do that. They kind of do, like, you know, hey, well, this is going to win Game of the Year. So let's give this uh, its, you know, just due over here. And this is just due over here. Uh, granted, if Celeste doesn't win Game of the Year, it'll think, win that. It'll win both, maybe. It won't win Game of the Year. It won't win Game of the Year. It'll be it'll be God of War, right? I Dad. want it to. I would love it to, but... It'd be, yeah, that's undisputably Celeste. Fighting game, I think it's a dumb category. Street Fighter V. <laughs> why? Dragon Ball Fighters, Blaze Blue Cross, Tag Battle, and Soul Calibur Six. I don't think it's a contest. I want and think... Dragon Ball Fighters will win. There's no contest then. Our base, we basically said that last week. Right, there's no contest. Let's see. What else we got here? What else have you played out of all this stuff? Not much. <laughs> you I'll know, you it's... I get... Here I go. get uh, Narrative. I get behind on games real bad. Narrative's a good one for you. God of War, Detroit Become Human, Life is Strange 2, Episode 1, Red Dead Redemption 2, Spider-Man. I did start playing Detroit, but I don't know if that is better than the other ones. Because I think you need to see where that narrative goes. Because I don't trust David Cage with shit. Even though it looks a little promising right now, it could all go to shit. Yeah, me and your brother were remarking on the fact that we were actually pleasantly surprised by how good and not shitty Detroit Become Human story was turning out. But I, I, I think back to when I played Heavy Rain the first time. Right. And how impressed I was with that game. And how I walked away thinking it was actually one of the best narrative-driven games of all time. And then I think about playing Heavy Rain when it was a PS Plus game for free a couple mo- weeks ago. Or months ago, sorry. And how I was like, this game sucks ass. <laughs> what the fuck? Why did I think this was good? The twist is ass. The acting is ass. The choices are ass. The fucking, it, it, it's just a mess. And there are things I like about it, but I, I think David Cage is kind of a <laughs> interesting, but very flawed man <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> who I don't trust to make a good ending of a game. So I can't really give it to Detroit. And I don't even know if I would give it to Spider-Man. Uh, I think the good candidates for that category are Red Dead and God of War. And I know very little about Red Dead's story, but I will give it to Red Dead. Red Dead's story is shaping out. I'm not done with it yet, but Red Dead's story is shaping out to be something else. It is the it is one of the slowest burn games I've ever played. I mean, it that's is, cool. It is so just methodical and just, just kind of like crawls. Okay. To where, like, through, through its development... And, like, there's a lot of big, exciting things that happen, like, throughout it, but the overall development of the characters and the plot is slow. I got you. And well, it's, I mean... it's really interesting watching uh, watching all the characters just kind of, like, change as the story moves. But it, it does it slower than any game I've ever seen. I think a good comparison would be, like, God of War, Detroit is, like... Maybe a movie's worth of material, whereas Red Dead 
in its pacing is more like a season of a television show. Right. That's what it feels like. And it feels like each each major location you go to is like a season of a television show. <laughs> oh, so multiple seasons of it. Right. It's like an entire series. <laughs> I guess if you pair it with Red Dead 1, it might be. It, it feels like those are all like, it feels like each each area in each chapter of the game is like its own season of a television show, and each major mission you go on is an episode. And it plays out that way. That's very cool. Of like a Western series, in a way. And it's, it's really interesting. I, I really like that. I game. think that should win because of that. Also because, like, if it doesn't get Game of the Year, it's going to get a nod somewhere. Yeah. And I think that's the best place for it to do so. Yeah, right, right. Uh, performance, Yuri Lowenthal, Spider-Man, Christopher Judge, God of War, Brian Deckard, The Trip Become Human. I'm so sorry for this ahead of time. Melisanti Mahu. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mahout. <laughs> M-H-A-O-U-T. Tell me what that means. Mahout. Roger I did that Clark, joke Red Dead Redemption week. 2. Yeah, it is gonna go to Kratos. He's I want really, it to be Yuri. He's really good. This is a really good category too, because all of these are. It is all of them, including the robot man, are good actually. Now that I've been hearing his performance, I really like Yuri Lowenthal though. I, like, like I said, I think he's the best Spider-Man we've ever had, and that's a really good achievement. Uh, according to you, <laughs> right. Let's see here. Action Adventure is a category, but then it contains, like, basically everything with Game of the Year. Take out Celeste, replace Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Whatever of those games doesn't win Game of the Year probably wins Action Adventure, maybe. Yeah. Like, if they give it it to God of War... They'll give it to Red Dead. They'll give it to Red... Yeah, you know what I mean? If they give Game of the Year to one of them, they'll give that to the other. I bet that's the way a lot of the uh, pundits are going to think about that. Yeah. Let's see what Give else. Every game it's We're almost done here. Art Direction. You have God of War, Return of the Oberdin, Red Dead Redemption 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and Octopath Traveler. I want Octopath Traveler to win. The art the art that is the art direction in that game is something else. It's it's the best part about that game. The game itself might be It's got a it's got great gameplay with a lackluster story, and the problem with RPGs is half of it is their story. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about the story. I just know that there's that donkey video where uh, he highlights it, and it. it, I mean, he talks shit about it the whole time, so maybe he's not the most reliable source on that game. But your excellency, your excellency, your excellency, your excellency is pretty bad. That's (laughs) fine. That's not what my problem with. He's just like so. It's so just like normal, just like so typical. Uh, most of the stories of the of the eight characters are, except like a couple. Yeah, I've heard it's very tropey, and 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 to a degree that's like uncomfortable for some characters. Right. Yeah. It misses a lot in its story. The gameplay is excellent. The art direction is incredible. That's if that's what the category is, then that should get it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, score soundtrack: Celeste, God of War, Red Dead Redemption Two, Nino Kuni Two, Spider Man, Octopath Traveler. I want Celeste to win, and it will win. Celeste's one of my favorite video game soundtracks of all time. Yeah. It's, it's so well done. Did Undertale fucking win the year it came out? Because if it didn't, that's a travesty. I'd have to look. Right. That was, what, 2016? I think so. Go ahead and look it up while I'm flipping through here. Yeah, all right, go ahead. Look. Let's see if there's any more that you would might might. Oh, shit, I got a with. notification. Needle Drop reviewed Earl Sweatshirt album. <laughs> oh, shit. Woo. That, that's an interesting album. It's weird. That album sounds like if you made uh, rap beats out of Revolution 9 by the Beatles and then rapped over it. Yeah. There's weird, a, a comment shit. on it real quick. Games for Impact. And there's the 
There's the missing. There's the missing Celeste. Eleven Eleven Memories Retold. Life is Strange Two Episode One of Florence. I think it's a close run between Celeste and Florence. I hear good things about Florence. Very good. Very very good. Very simple. Uh, mobile game. Okay. And the gameplay is not hard. It's very easy to tell. It's a very concise, straight-up story about a relationship. It's, it's really... And with what little it uses to tell you that story is really powerful. Um, I think... I like the message and the way it's delivered in Celeste better. But Florence is also a very good game and deserves some recognition. It, it It's nominated for mobile game. I think it should win it. Okay. That's really cool. Let's see. Anything else? Audio design. Black, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, God of War, Forza Horizon 4, Red Dead Redemption 2, and Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man deserves that one. And should get it. And will get it. There's something about the way everything's put together in that game. Between the way... Between Yuri Lowenthal recorded different voice lines depending on what you're doing. That's very cool. It's a very good, nice touch. Right. Um, the way ever, Just the way everything sounds when you're swinging through the city, it feels very alive. It's very, very good. I think it deserves that shit. And there, there's a best eSports moment, and Sonic the Sonic Fox side switches in that, and that just deserves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the craziest moments in fighting game history. <laughs> it's not like he did anything wrong, either. He just wanted to be player one. Yeah, it's he, he fine. Plays, and like you can you can do the research too where Sonic Fox plays better in the player one spot. It's interesting. So all he did, and it's a rule that's all he's allowed to use. He's like, hey, I want to play in the player one spot. How do we do this? And then the judges were like, What? Is that in the rule book? <laughs> they just never had to use it before because nobody asked. Well, it's, it's smart on of him to do so. The reason it took so long is on the judges, not on Sonic Fox. Yeah, I like Sonic. Fox. He's even He's asked cool afterwards, like multiple times. They're like, "Did you do that on purpose to, you know, shake him up?" Like, no, I wanted to be in the player one spot. <laughs> I play better there, and it's backed up by evidence. That's everything. What did you find out about 2016? So, uh, this was uh, this was 2015 oh, game 2015? awards. 2015. Okay, sorry. Uh, that Undertale was eligible for, and uh, there's a lot of missed opportunities and a lot of stuff that makes me mad in retrospect. Okay, let's run through it real quick. I'm now, curious. First off, for game of the year, Undertale is not nominated. Yeah, it's bad. Now, The Witcher Three wins, which I think you might agree I is would. a better game than Undertale. Yeah, I think so. I could at least agree with it winning over Undertale if it was nominated. However, what is nominated and what probably shouldn't be nominated in favor of Undertale being nominated instead is Fallout 4. Ugh. Now, the other nominations, Metal Gear 5 and Super Mario Maker, are good. But I can't help but notice that there is only four nominations. So they could have just literally thrown it in there. They should have. Uh, because it's a good game. And probably one of the most memorable in recent years. When did it years. come out? Maybe late. If it came out after, like, mid-November, I think it's not eligible. For Game of the Year? It's up for right. several other awards. Oh, never mind. Then. They just missed out. They just missed out on it. So it was nominated for Soundtrack, I'd imagine, right? The nominees were announced on November 13th, 2015. Yeah, you know, Undertale came out in the summer, I think. And Undertale came out in September of 2015. Oh, September, okay. It so. was only a few months before, so they might not have been really prepared for it. Right. What else? Uh, so was, was it nominated for soundtrack? I'm going to get to that. Uh, 
Now, it was nominated for Best Independent Game. You'd think it would win. What did it lose to? Rocket League. Fuck. Of course it lost to Rocket League. Not enough people played Undertale at the time. It was a really, problem. Uh, really good category that for this year, though. It was Rocket League, Axiom Verge, Her Story, oh my God. Oh my or, God. Ori and the Blind Forest, Undertale. Oh my god, 2015 was a really good year for indies. So was this yeah. year, by the way. Uh, Undertale not nominated for Best Narrative. Uh, her story won. That's okay. I'm okay with that, though. Let's see here. It was not nominated for Best Score and Soundtrack. Holy fuck. Now, what was nominated was Ori, Witcher 3, okay, okay. Halo 5, Actually, Fallout you know, Four. I'm thinking about. It. I don't think The Witcher Three score does probably deserve that. Metal and Fallout Four and Metal Gear Five, which won. Now Metal Gear Five does have a great soundtrack. Has a really good score too, though. And has a really good score. Uh, I'm glad that they're acknowledging Celeste this year because it is kind of that more chip tuny score. And uh, that's just pretty good. Now <laughs> should have probably nominated Undertale because it's one of the biggest ones ever made. One of the best video game soundtracks Ooh. ever. Didn't get nominated. Undertale was uh, nominated for Games for Impact, which I don't even know if that's an award anymore. It is. Uh, Celeste is nominated in that category. I'm, okay. I, I just talked about Celeste and Florence are nominated in that. Life is Strange one, which yeah, okay. is fine. That's Life fine, Strange too. is a good game. Uh, it was nominated for Best Role-Playing Game, but The Witcher 3 won. Fair. Uh, that's basically, uh, yeah. All right, so let's get this train moving. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it, I, I know I'm taking it, I don't a long think it, time. I know. I don't think it won a single award. It's a, it's a shame. Undertale is a great game. Better than most. One of the better games of this generation. <laughs> Greg Miller won Trending Gamer. That's Well, that's your Greg Miller won Trending Gamer. The only one that hasn't become a disgrace. <laughs> no, he's in fact <laughs> gone up. Yeah. I like Greg Miller more now than I ever have. What's up, Greg? Love you. He ain't listening. No, I hope he does someday. <laughs> nope. No. You did, talk, you did talk to him one time in your life on Mario Kart. A few, Yeah, I've talked to him a few times. Oh, that's cool. But you played other games with him? Yeah. Neat. Mario Kart was the one I played against him in something. I played Monster Hunter with him in Destiny. That's cool. But, uh... No, fucking... Mario Kart one was fun, though, because I was talking shit. And so was he, and it was a good time. He said you sounded like a teenager or something. Or yeah, I'm gonna make a Twitter poll. I sound like a girl. A teenage girl. <laughs> no, what do you say? No... He said, when are your balls going to drop? Yeah, that's what he change. said. Just, uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when, guys. It's never. It's not coming. <laughs> so, uh, it's going to be a long episode because we haven't even talked about Rocky Four yet. Yeah, Rocky Four is going to be uh something. I'm going to run through the rest of this real quick. All right. So, what do you think happens to the Game Awards, like announcement and other stuff-wise? Uh, Non-awards related stuff. I think in a a very valiant effort to avoid the cringe, Jeff Keighley brings more cringe. I can see that. And it'll be fun. I think they focus more on things that are attempts to be funny and embrace it, as opposed to things that are like the Schick Hydra bot, and like things that are like corporate. I think they go in the opposite, not towards a corporate direction, but towards a uh, more serious direction entirely. Okay. They did bring back Joseph, so... uh. Well, Joseph is just, like, a Game Awards legend now. Dude, you can't leave him out of it. Fuck the Oscars, man. He's no, the best seriously. thing that has ever happened to that, that award show. 
I'm, I'm dead serious. That was that was one of my favorite moments that show has ever had. I hope it's a good show. Um, I'm very excited for everything. Your boy Dorito King Jeff has been uh nominating. I mean, not nominating, uh, announcing right over the past couple days here. Uh, several presenters and uh, fa- like uh, musicians that are being yeah, the, announced. Uh, the to composer be there. for Celeste is going to be playing with the orchestra doing a song from under Undertale, Celeste. Yeah. That's fucking... Oh, my God. Yeah, but also Hans Zimmer is there, too. Yeah, right. Like, what that's the fuck? That's fucking insane. <laughs> uh, several celebrities that I wouldn't expect. Yeah, it seems like they're leaning hard into the orchestra, which good. Yeah. That's great. Uh, fucking Jonah Hill, Rivers Cuomo, uh, a couple other people. The usual suspects. <laughs> Uh, Yosef is back Uh, you know you can't get rid of Aisha Tyler Uh, not that she's a terrible uh, no she just thought she's had Ubisoft to deal with yeah yeah I actually like Aisha Tyler a lot she's fine like she was on uh, speaking of Greg Miller she was on the Game Over Greggy show once and that was a good time okay so she's she's really fun just she had to present for Ubisoft for all these years I guess uh, Rivers Cuomo is uh the the introductor like he's introducing the uh, performance of Devil Trigger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's not playing anything. He's gonna be like, ladies and gentlemen, here's fucking Devil May Cry time, and it's gonna be interesting. I'm so hyped for that. And Weezer Man's gonna fucking. <laughs> he's probably a big fan of Devil May Cry. That's probably why that happened. I mean, like it's cool. I'm down for it. Whatever. I'm excited to see a live performance of that. It'll be interesting. I'm. Hopefully it's not too cringy, or hopefully it is. You know, it's one way or the other, and I can't really say that I prefer one over the other because the it's something is, to talk about. Something super cringy is more fun, but yeah. when it's super serious and done well, it's nice. So, like, it just depends on there. Uh, All right, well, I mean, like, as far as, like, big big dick on the table predictions, I'm going right. to go with Metroid Prime 4. Same. Uh, and if not Metroid Prime 4, a Metroid Prime trilogy announcement. I think both. Uh, I think a new trailer for Metroid Prime 4 and then announcement of the trilogy. Apparently it was leaked. Oh, okay. Not Metroid Prime 4, but the trilogy. I gotcha. Uh, don't know if the leak's credible, though. So, we don't know yet. I don't know what to predict as far as this goes, but... Reggie's gonna be there, and I don't think he's just gonna talk about that. No! Uh, Smash comes out the very next day. I think they're gonna do something for Smash. Now, whether it's tiny, I don't know. It could be a character reveal. Will it be this early? Doubtful. No, if it's a character what, what reveal, it it's got to be a character that like they were just hiding the whole time, and they're throwing out day one. Uh, it doesn't have to be. I just don't. I think it's too early to announce a DLC character. You're probably right, but the game's not even out. Like, there's literally a conversation between Reggie and Jeff. Where Reggie was like, wow, our game comes out like the day after the Game Awards. We should do something special. Yeah, I think there's going to be something, but I think it's immediate. It's not going to be a DLC character down the road. If it's a character they were hiding in the game, that would be the fucking most insane fucking shit of all time. There's a character they put in the day one patch, dude. The Grinch leak was real all (laughs) along. Oh my god, Banjo? (laughs) Gene? Gino? Does a Gene. Gino? The the Grinch confirmed? The Grinch in it? The Grinch is in the game. Goku. Uh, (laughs) God, Smash Brothers predict like Jesus Christ. Smash Brothers character predictions were like a meme before Brawl even came out. God, 
Now it's like fucking insanity. With, with with the absolute craziness that was the the brawl reveals happening every day. Yeah. It's like something little. And yeah, the, he's followed that in a big way. Just, <laughs> there's just it, it's craziness just all the time with this game leading up to its launch. And I'm so excited. He could show us a cutscene from World of Light or something, you know, that's also possible. Who knows? No, they'll, they'll show something for Smash, I think. Yeah. Depending on what it is. It might be something small, but something huge. It'll be fun, though, either way. I Cra- love seeing Reggie, just in general. He's a good dude. Crash Team Racing? Yeah, Crash Team Racing is rumored to happen, and I'm all in. It's also a Batman game rumored to happen. Also all in? Uh, I'm going to say that that's a real. Uh, it's going to be... It, it, it It's going to be probably more like Arkham Origins, and that's fine by me. Uh, I don't good necessarily... Game. I can't necessarily predict anything about the story, but... Your boy Scott Snyder retweeted this news. And he wrote New 52 Batman, currently writing Justice League. He wrote Metal. Uh, I would love to see something based around his uh, Court of Owls storyline. Yeah, I haven't I haven't personally read the comics, but I know it's dope. Uh, a Dark Horse candidate for a story for Batman would be Metal itself. That would be crazy. Fight all the fucking insane oh my evil God. Batman. Uh, that would be the best fucking game ever made. They're, I, they're not, not gonna fucking that. do that. No, 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 no. I want a God of War game where you're Batman and you fight, <laughs> like, evil Batman. Like, that's... Fuck <laughs> out of here. Fucking hack and slash game. <laughs> Just fucking beat him up. Ooh. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything else that I'm, like, really hyped for. Nah, I, uh, think there is a, uh, Capcom is gonna be there with Devil May Cry, right? Yeah. They're also gonna present something with Monster Hunter World, I think. Okay. Um... Usually what happens with Monster Hunter, it goes in a cycle like this. The game comes out, right? Then a year later, they released what is an Ultimate Edition of the game, which adds something called G-Rank to the game, which is um, basically completely extends the post-game. I got you. To it, adding new monsters, way better gear, a lot more replayability. It is a lot more fun. It's the best. Is where Monster Hunter's at its best in G-Rank. Uh, and... We know it's coming for Monster Hunter World. It's just a matter of time. And the one-year anniversary of that game is coming up next month. Okay. I think that Capcom is already there. I think they unveil a Monster Hunter trailer that is for uh, the G-Rank update for Monster Hunter World. It will probably cost money because it's a lot of stuff. But it'll be sort of like uh, a de- like how Destiny does their like like upgrades. Every so often it costs like you know 30 bucks or whatever. I got you. I think you do the same thing for Monster Hunter World, and they also repack. They also repackage it as Monster Hunter World Ultimate. Yeah. And then you could also buy that, or you could just buy like the thirty dollars expansion or whatever it is. That could be coming. I think that's coming soon. They usually do it like around the year mark, so I think it's a very big possibility. Yeah, that's this game awards. One more quick thing I want to talk about before we get in the movie we watched. I know we're running over an hour. Sorry, this episode's taking so long, guys. Uh, uh, it's going to be way longer than you expect. No, we're not going to talk about Rocky Four that long, are we? We got to talk about every moment. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, also, on top of the Game Awards on Thursday and Smash on Friday, Kind of Funny Games is putting on a showcase on Saturday. Now, originally, what this was was uh, Sony announcing that they weren't going to do PSX this year, and Greg Miller, obviously a giant Sony fan was pissed, and he was like, if you're not going to do a presentation, I will. 
we're gonna do a kind of funny game showcase. And it's st it started off as just like, hey, little indie devs, come and we'll present some of your games and show trailers and reveal stuff. And apparently, it grew into something much more. Uh, the, apparently, there's upwards of sixty games that are being shown off. At least five shadow drops. Yeah, that sounds insane. Most of it, the vast majority of it, is going to be smaller studios. Don't want to get your head too big on this one, but me personally, as a fan of smaller studios in general, I'm hyped. There are certain people that are going to be there that interest me, like yeah. Devolver Digital. Uh huh. And possibly Yakuza people. They are. That that's confirmed. Yeah, that's awesome. They're gonna be there. Yeah. So there's there's gonna, gonna be a talk Yakuza. About their Yakuza spinoff. Yeah, called Judge Eyes, which is uh, it basically if you took the concept of Yakuza and mashed it with Phoenix Wright, and it's it's it sounds that it it sounds it, like a good game to me. Yeah, it plays as good as it sounds. <laughs> there's already a demo out in Japan for it. Everybody's hyped. Fuck yeah. Man, they just fucking came out with fucking uh, Fist of the North Star. I haven't even played that yet. That's apparently also amazing. Oh this studio pumps out great game after great game. And nobody talks about any of them. I know, they're stupid. <laughs> they're all dumb. You're all dumb. You're all so fucking dumb. Yakuza <laughs> is the, like, probably the most consistently good long-running game series there is. Nobody talks about it. Yeah. Yeah, There's probably. like two hiccups in the whole franchise. It's and, been running and their since side the, games. Yeah. Well, the side games are the one... There's two side games that aren't good, right? Yeah. The rest of it, good. I got you. It, at, at, the, at their worst, they're great games. Ooh. And at their best, uh, they're my, some of my favorite games that have ever come out. Yeah. Like Yakuza 0 and Yakuza 6. It's just impressive. Uh, now, they've announced, I think, today that uh, a high-level publisher approached them pretty last minute. And they said it changed the entire presentation. So uh, we'll see what that is. I don't know what that is. I'm very interested. I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm a big kind of funny fan. I enjoy their content. Love Greg Miller. I'm very excited for them to put this thing on. It's the first for them. And uh, it is giving Greg Miller more gray hairs. So I hope <laughs> it goes well for you, bud. I hope it goes well. Uh, I love their content, and it's gotten so much better. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're at their peak, I think, right now. Yeah, for sure. In their prime. So anyway, speaking of in their prime, Rocky uh, Four is not in its prime. Oh, uh, Rocky Four, blah, blah, blah. yeah. I think this is past the prime of its franchise. Hey, get hard, kick this off. I gotta take a phone call. Oh boy! All right. So Rocky Four, ladies and gentlemen, is a hell of a movie. As in, it's hell. It's hell of the movie. Rocky, uh, one, and Rocky two, and Rocky three, to a lesser extent, but still, serious films, nothing, uh, too crazy, and then here comes Rocky four, and, uh, oh boy, is it a fucking mess? I am uh, back, sorry. Are we gonna have to stop recording, Justin? No. Gosh darn. No, we're fine. Okay, so yeah, Rocky Four is a hilarious mess. Yeah, it's it's quite magnificent, to be honest. I, I do not know what the fuck they were thinking. <laughs> I, I do know what they were thinking, but it was stupid. It was a stupid thought. You're in, the, you're in like, basically the dead of the Cold War when this movie comes out, right? Yes. So, literally the only thing Stallone was thinking when he made this movie was fuck Russia. 
That's that is all I can muster from what like the thought process of writing this movie was. Yeah. And I understand there's a lot of the messaging during the Cold War. I don't care in the context of Rocky. Rocky should not be about global issues. It should be about the personal struggle of Rocky Balboa. And that's it. That yeah. should be how the movie works. That's what the previous three movies were about. Yeah. It's it's a real uh, left turn. Uh, God, where do you even begin? Uh, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words. I'm not really because I, I've been familiar with Rocky IV. You'd have to be living under a rock to not be familiar with how fucking weird and stupid Rocky IV is. But like This movie very well sets the tone. Where it does the usual thing that Rocky does, right? Where it shows the last bits of the previous movie. And then it kicks right into, like, it's Polly's birthday. Mm-hmm. And then Rocky mm-hmm. gets him something for his birthday. And a fucking robot comes out carrying a cake. Happy birthday, Polly. And gives him a cake, says happy birthday to him. It's a fucking robot. It's a robot. And you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, God. I, to... I would love to watch this movie for the first time again. There are things that I forgot, and I fucking died, but, like, I did not, I, did, I did not forget about the robot. I, <sighs> I, I, but still, I saw it, and I was like, what? Yeah, it's impossible. What? It's impossible to forget the robot. Uh, the robot's iconic, and not in a good way. Uh, God. I like it better when what? Polly was the butt of the joke. <laughs> Yeah. And it happens, still happens a couple times in this movie. They do this weird bit where, like, the, the robot is Polly's wife. Right. Well, he, like, acts like it's his wife. I mean, it's a joke. It's a bit. Right. But it's stupid as fuck. And then it, like, is basically Rocky's kid gets watched by it at a certain point in this movie. Because, like, Rocky and his wife and the rest of the cast... Or in Russia. Training. Little kid at home with his friends. And the robot. The robot the dad. The robot is the Mr. Mime. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the true breadwinner of the household. Uh, anyway. The meat and bones of this movie is not about the robot. It's about Russia. And uh, the first half hour of this movie, our main character is arguably not even Rocky. Our main character is Apollo Creed. And then he dies. Apollo Creed uh, sees the news about the new up-and-coming Russian boxer, Ivan Drago, played uh, expertly yeah. <laughs> by the robot man known as Dolph Lundgren. Yeah? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, even less of a character than Clubber Lang. Uh, he is just a fucking meat slab human uh, who just goes, I must break you. If he dies, he dies. And that might be all of his lines in the movie. He says like two more, I think. Right, like, like, I will win. Or like, he has made the iron or like whatever. No, there's the part where he, uh, during the fight where he chokes the one ambassador dude out and just goes like, I fight for me! Right. And he breathes fire. Uh, uh, so you know my favorite part about this movie is what during the training montage, the actual training montage. Right? Sure, there's other montages in this movie that don't make any sense. Oh, we'll get to that during the actual training montage. They just like kind of like slyly put in there, like yeah, he's getting steroids. 
<laughs> they just like cut to like a needle a few times and they put it in them and like they, they, they do it so slyly they could have made it like an actual point in that movie it, you know what I remembered that being a bigger plot point than it was and it turns out it's, it doesn't really matter no, at all it's not a plot point at all it's not a plot point it's just a fact that he takes steroids they lie and say he doesn't but then like that's not even close to a plot point it's at a all. non-factor in the movie yeah it's so weird. I think maybe it could be used in an interesting way to, like, you know, it doesn't make you win against Rocky because you use steroids. Although, like, clearly that history has proven the opposite. It would have been cool if, like, somehow, like, <laughs> like, he found out or something. But, like, like, you remember how, like, baseball players use steroids and then broke the fucking home run records and shit? Like, yeah, clearly it does fucking make you fucking go past the human limits and better. Right. It would have been, like, an interesting story point if, like, somehow they find out that he's taking steroids. And then they're, and then Rocky's like, I'll beat him anyway. Yeah, you could have used that, but then they didn't. No. Uh, anyway. It, it would have been cooler, but whatever. This movie tries really hard not to be cool. Your boy Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed. The best character in this franchise. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, his character development across these four films has been great. But it, it comes to an end. And it's kind of unfortunate because they kind of mishandle it very badly. Really badly. Uh, he wants to fight a, uh, Mr. Drago. And it's because fuck Russia, by the way. It's because fuck Russia, but it's also because he feels like he hasn't been a boxer in five years. And he wants to get back in it. He's kind of at odds with himself, although he won't admit it to Rocky. Uh... And that is interesting, but they don't really have time to explore it because he just gets murdered by Ivan Drago in the ring when they fight. And that could be used as a great setup to have Rocky get his revenge against Ivan Drago, but, like, the scene itself is handled poorly. Uh, The whole fucking fight starts with an overblown, giant mega circus performance <laughs> fucking thing uh james brown singing living in america i forgot entirely that this was in the movie it took me off guard it was, it was all planned by him because fuck russia i understand it fit with his character but then it, hard cut to him getting fucking murdered right and then slow motion like his trainer going like Bruh! <laughs> in slow motion <laughs> and it was like comedic and not you know not sad and then rocky of course you know is gonna fight ivan to get revenge but also doing it for america and uh adrian doesn't want him to do it and blah 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 you know how these movies go yeah i something like rocky 3 was more interesting with this dynamic Adrian not wanting him to fight. Right. Yeah. Because she actually, like, very quickly does. She, she Her becoming supportive of her, him in Rocky Three made a lot more sense. I criticized that, but, like, it did make more sense than this one. She just shows up in Russia out of nowhere and is like, Well, yeah, whatever. I gotta support you. I gotta support you, even though I highly disagree with what you're doing, and I think you're gonna die. Right, stupid. Yeah, it's really dumb and forced. And it, it makes it so that her character does not matter in this movie. Right. Which is a huge disservice to that character. One of the strongest characters in the franchise. Yeah, for sure. Uh, her this... development is also really good. Rocky yeah. does a good job at developing its lead cast, besides Polly. And I think even Polly in this movie has some development that's good. The robot stuff is stupid, but he has a good moment in this movie. Right. 
and that was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Rocky as a series does a really good job with that. And this is a huge misstep in that, in general. The the sweeping arcs of some characters are still good, like right. Apollo. But in terms of Rocky, but his ended too early. Yeah, Rocky's storyline in this is kind of just nothing. Uh, there's no real huge conflict for him. Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess the threat of death of dying to Ivan Drago, but like you know. It it feels a whole lot less personal than it feels, it the feels, the narrative was framed in two and three. It doesn't feel genuine. Yeah, well, because it's a cartoon, right? Uh, it's because it's ridiculous. He's not fighting a human being. He's fighting a cartoon character, Russian man, who doesn't speak, and he's just like, "I must break you. I fucking punch at the speed of fuck." And it just yeah, yeah. <laughs> they like show his fucking evil gym, and he like punches like a. The Force weight sensor. of, like, you know... I, I wish Lily punched the last time, but just would have showed up. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, that hurts. Uh, and, and it's kind of disingenuine that, like, his punches kill Apollo Creed, and yet they don't do anything to Rocky. Like, okay, that really makes sense. So his punches being very, very strong because he's a steroid man stronger. doesn't matter. They were, they were technically, technically stronger, two yeah. Two times stronger, and then, like... Rocky just takes him, and I guess what they were trying to do is go, like, the reason what he was doing out in that Russian wilderness was becoming tougher. Yeah, but, like, how much sense does that really make? It doesn't. Uh, None of this movie fucking... The training in 2 and 3 and 1, like, it wasn't about Rocky going past human limits. It was about him getting into shape physically and mentally for the fight. Because uh, there's times when in in two and three where it's more mental than physical, especially in three. And that's cool. That's a cool way to approach it. This made it all about physicality, and uh, apparently, just fucking killing yourself in the snow and running up a mountain will give you the f- strength to beat a superhuman. Apparently. Ugh. Uh, movie gives me a headache, his especially new, compared to the previous one. His new trainer, who was Apollo's trainer, is kind of a non-character as well. Didn't really... I liked his moments, though. It was okay. It wasn't anywhere close to how I felt for Mickey and Apollo oh, right. as no, his trainer. Apollo as his trainer was amazing that uh, was, in 3. That and was I wish, great. And it sucks that because they had to kill Apollo Creed and give Rocky motivation to fuck up the Russian guy... Like we don't get any more Apollo Creed, right? Yeah, I would. I wanted Apollo Creed to continue as his trainer. Yeah, because they gave him his best character development yet in three. Right. This movie makes me appreciate three a hell of a lot more, actually. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's a way more solid movie in terms of character development and plot, like by by a large margin. This movie felt like it was put together in a day, plot wise, because it features the movie might be literally thirty percent montage it is roughly uh like we get a montage after apollo dies where rocky's driving in a car and then it flashes back it's like a clip show of previous rocky movies in including what we've seen in this movie too of apollo dying like apollo dies three times in this montage and and we see clips from rocky one two and three and it's nonsensical there's not really even a reason for us to see some of the scenes like him training with mickey and shit like it has no bearing in the plot right now i don't understand why we're seeing it he's just thinking about his entire life so like 
That could have just literally been a shot of Rocky just staring off into the distance in a car. Right. But instead it was this overblown, like, fucking AMV. <laughs> like, like literally, it felt like fucking when you, like, see a video, like a montage of scenes from Naruto on YouTube set to a Linkin Park yeah, song. Yeah, set to Crawling by Linkin Park. Yeah, except it was, like, set to one of the most 80s songs imaginable and then just, just clips from Rocky. It was bad. We go right from that one. Into another one. To, like, into another one when he arrives in Russia. And then, like, his training. And then his training again. Like, it's too much. It got to the point where I was just laughing my ass off. Yeah. And then into the fight. The fight! The fight is the best part about this movie, good. actually. The fight's good. It usually is in these movies, though. Yeah, the fight's really good, actually. Uh, some of the best they've ever done. Uh, I don't think it was quite as good as maybe Rocky 2. Rocky 2 is the best fight. But, uh, man, that was, was actually really good. You could tell that they just wanted to get to that part, the whole movie. And they basically just fill, filled it up with bullshit to get to that point. Right. Uh, I would have rather the movie just be shorter. <laughs> Same. <laughs> like, fuck you. You don't have to have, like, nine fucking songs in your movie. Uh... Speaking of the music, this is uh, the first one that doesn't have the guy who does the score for all of the Rocky movies. They just didn't have him. Now, he comes back for five in Balboa. I don't know if he does Creed. But, uh, yeah. This uh, this court score was composed by Vince D. Cola. Diet Cola. Not Diet, mm. not Diet Cola. Diet Rocky composer. Uh, he would later compose the music for... The Transformers, the movie. Oh. Makes sense, huh? Yeah. 80s. Uh, Rocky Four is the only film in the series not to feature original music by Bill Conti, uh, who was replaced by DeCola. However, it does feature arrangements of themes composed by Conti from previous films. Uh, Conti was too busy with the first two Karate Kid films at the time, which were directed by the uh, director of Rocky One. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, Gonna Fly Now is not in the movie, which is a stupid, dumb choice, because that's the theme song for Rocky. Right. Uh, but at least we had Living in America and Hearts on Fire. And, uh, you know, there's a Kenny Loggins song in here, I guess. Uh, I didn't, I couldn't point it out. It, you know, it sounded like it could have been. It's like a hodgepodge of... It was like music. a generic danger zone, you know? Right. Um... Uh, that's most of his music catalog, by the way. <laughs> right. Uh, this movie was a huge financial success. And that's probably only attributed to the era that it came out in. Right. Uh, everybody yeah. wanted to see Rocky beat up a Russian guy, I'm sure. Yeah, and you get to think about that. The success of the rest of the Rocky franchise going into this. Yeah. It's like, man, Phantom Menace made a lot of money, didn't it? <laughs> right. I think an interesting thing to note is five makes far less. Because everybody's pissed. Well, at least half the Well, everybody doesn't knows that it's not going to be good. Because <laughs> they saw Rocky Four. Rocky Four has a very mixed critical response. 38% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Granted, Rotten Tomatoes didn't exist back then, but you know I'm sure they collected old reviews. And wrap back to that fight scene, didn't Rocky, didn't Sylvester Stallone almost die during the filming? Yes, he did. Uh, Dolph Lundgren 
uh, is not as strong as Ivan Drago, but he is a very strong, dangerous man. And he punched Stallone in the stomach, and I think it, like, dislodged his heart or some fucking crazy shit. I'll, uh, I'll look it up to be sure. But, uh, yeah, he, like, he pushed Carl Weathers, and Carl Weathers almost quit over it. Uh, but they chose, you know, they, they, they patched it up amongst them. Let's see here. Yeah, they engaged in legitimate sparring in this movie to make the fight scenes appear more real. And uh, one particularly forceful Lundgren punch to Stallone's chest slammed his heart against his breastbone, causing the heart to swell. Uh, Stallone suffered from labored breathing and a blood pressure over 200. Flown from the set in Canada to uh, St. John's Regional Medical Center in Santa Monica. That's a long flight. What the fuck? Just take him to a low... <laughs> take him to a closer hospital. He's going to die. Weird. Uh, forced into intensive care for eight days. Uh, Stallone later commented that he believed Lundgren had the athletic ability and talent to fight in the professional heavyweight division of boxing. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, I can't believe Stallone almost died for this movie. Yeah, you, you, of all the movies I wish, almost die for. I wish he cared more in the writing aspect <laughs> than he did the oh, fighting man. aspect. And it's a shame because, like, you could tell that he poured his heart and soul into 1, 2, and 3. Right. And they weren't necessarily movies about a boxing match. This is a movie about a boxing match. Oh, 100%, through and through. It's only leading up to the boxing match. 1, 2, and 3 is about the drama of Rocky's life. And the match is the the culmination of it all, but not necessarily the heart of the movie. The, the, this is the only thing the movie's leading up to, is the, these guys to fight. Because it's literally America versus Russia. Oh, and then we get the tacked-on message at the end, where Rocky speaks to the Russian crowd that he won over. They boo him at the beginning, but he beats Drago, and then they're cheering Rocky. And he's like, hey, I hated Russia. But now you guys cheer for me. You hated me, but maybe you like me. Maybe we could, maybe we could all like each other. Maybe the world could change. And then, like, fucking... The Russian leaders in the fucking crowd even clap, and it's fucking ham-fisted and terrible. Awful. It's very bad. It's been a whole movie painting these guys as villains, and then just Rocky saying words out of his mouth causes them. Ro- yeah, fucking notable speechwriter Rocky Balboa <laughs> ends the Cold War by going like, eh, maybe we could just get along, you know? And then... Like, <laughs> <laughs> Where's he at now? Why isn't he ending the fucking war on terror by just going like, hey, maybe we could just stop blowing up shit. He walks up to ISIS and like, hey, maybe we could just work together. Maybe we could just stop blowing up shit. Maybe we could blow up the bad guys together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then they just shoot him. We need the modern, like, version of this movie where, like... No, we don't! Rocky fights ISIS. <laughs> no, we don't! We, I don't think we need that. I guess the modern version of this movie might be Creed 2. Uh, even though it's a good movie, not a, not a bad movie. Uh, right. It, I don't know how much they touch upon Russian tensions now. Probably Prob- not. Probably not. It probably has nothing to do with it. But anyway. Which is a good move, by the way. I found a uh, an interesting thing I might read here. We're, we're in the critical responses. Roger Ebert. Oh, shit. Gave the film two out of four stars. Stating that with this film, the Rocky series began finally losing its legs. It's been a long run. One hit movie after another. But Rocky IV is a last gasp. A film so predictable that viewing it is like watching one of those old sitcoms where the characters never change, 
And the same situations turn up again and again. Uh, he's fucking right. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace, that wonderful reviewer. I don't always agree with that man, but God. But you have to respect him. He writes great reviews. His review of uh, European Gigolo is one of the funniest things you'll read. Or maybe it's just the first Deuce Bigelow movie. Whatever. A Rob Schneider vehicle. <laughs> his review of that is uh, gold. I also liked his general appreciation of like diving into like Miyazaki movies and stuff like that. Yeah. He was one of the only major film critics at that time to really do it well. In fact, I think Princess Mononoke was still in his like top list before he passed away. Yeah. I, I don't know if Siskel and Ebert both had a show at the time. I probably... Siskel gave it 3.5 out of 4. Huh. Said that Stallone creates credible villains worthy of his heroic character. Now, this movie did not win Oscars like Rocky 1 did. But you know what it did win? Razzies! It won five Golden Raspberry Awards. We got Worst Actor to Sylvester Stallone. Uh, this is a double award, by the way. Because Rambo First Blood Part 2 came out this year as well. Stallone won for both. Oh. <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious. Uh, worst director to Stallone. Worst supporting actress to Bridget Nielsen, who we didn't even talk about yet. Uh, she plays Mr. Ivan Drago's wife, who seems more like his manager. Right. She is. I didn't hate her in this movie. She was okay. She was fine. I, I don't think she was necessarily deserving of worst supporting actress or worst new star, which she also got for... Well, this is also a double award. She got it for Rocky Four and Red Sonja, which is a terrible movie, so maybe she got it more for that. Right. Uh, worst musical score. I agree. Yeah, Cheesy bad. 80s songs. Oh, my God. It was bad. It received nominations for Worst Picture. Worst Supporting Actress, Talia Shire. Glad it didn't win, because that's yeah, that, stupid. That's, she's fine. Uh, worst Supporting Actor, Burt Young. Not his fault. He plays Polly. What the fuck do you want him to do? I think he played Polly like an asshole, like he always does. That's the character It seemed like Pauly. the same old Polly here. Yeah. Uh, and Worst Screenplay, which it probably should have won. I don't know what won. Probably uh, Rambo, too. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Bridget Nielsen is a weird person. Uh, would later marry Stallone. Uh, probably one of the reasons she's in this movie. Or maybe this is where they met. I don't know. Either way, uh, they're not married anymore. Uh, she shows up in Creed 2, though. <laughs> maybe that was awkward. <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> maybe they're professional enough. I would hope so. I, th I would say so. But yeah, yes. this begins the, uh, the quick descent and then rise... Of the Rocky franchise, much like the character himself, right? <laughs> uh, I I had I don't remember Rocky Five. I saw it when I was younger. I know basically nothing about Rocky Five. I know that its basic plot is kind of like Creed, where it's more about Rocky training someone than it is about Rocky being the boxer because he actually does officially retire. I mean, I guess which makes sense because at this point. Yes, you solved the Cold War. You, you fucking <laughs> killed the superhuman Russian supervillain. What more can you do as a boxer? Right, just, you just retired. Might as well just quit while you're ahead. Uh, I uh, I don't know what, what to think about that movie yet. 
we'll talk about it next week. I feel like it's going to be interesting because it'll be the one that I'm least familiar with out of this entire franchise. And I think that'll lead us to have some interesting stuff to talk about. But also, maybe everyone collectively imagined Rocky Five, and it uh, it isn't actually real. When we put <laughs> when we put the Blu-ray in, it's probably just a blank disc. No, it's gonna be a really dumb static picture, like the rest of them have been. <laughs> yeah, every Blu-ray menu is just a static picture of fucking Stallone's face. I hate it. <laughs> and and they're also DVD rips. I, I wish I knew that before I bought this set. Now, Fuck. well, once you go past Rocket Five, think about Boa as an actual Blu-ray, and that would make sense. Yeah, then that'll be fine. But uh, it was cheap though. Not like we paid a lot of money for it. Yeah, it was. Um, it was only like twenty-five dollars, dude. Yeah, I, I hope that continues to be cheap as we watch other film series and things. Uh, we'll get into that. The pro- not what we're coming up with after this won't be cheap. Uh we own half of it already. It'll be cheap. Yeah. Uh. Uh, no spoilers. Shut up. No, we're not going to talk about what it is. That's right. We're watching Airbud. Yeah. <laughs> Watch so, uh, Airbud. I guess we'll wrap this up. We've been talking for a long ass time in this episode. Yeah, a little peek into next week. Obviously, we're going to talk about Rocky Five. We keep moving on to Rocky in review. Yeah. Um. Uh. I think. Uh. When we. I don't know if we should talk about ranking these until we're done. I think it goes straight right now. But <laughs> for sure, it's kind of like when we did Halloween. It's like, yeah, it's one, two, three, four. <laughs> right. Same. <laughs> literal same. Yeah, um, it'll get more mixed up as it goes on, like Halloween ended up doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's fun to watch entire film series because you kind of get, like, gems that are, like, some of the best movies of all time. Because otherwise there wouldn't be a series of films. And then you get, like, your Rocky Fours and your Halloween Resurrections. Where, like, it's almost more fun to talk about those because you have a little more material to fucking dig into. It's more fun to fucking hate on something than it is to praise something, I feel. Yeah. Uh, at least for me. Maybe I'm just an asshole. No, it, it, this movie uh, is... Uh, it's, just, it's just bad, but... I'll give Rocky for this. I, uh... It's the most fun I've had watching one of these. Because <laughs> I was literally laughing the whole time. It's so fucking funny. There's so many little stupid, dumb things that just made me laugh. Mostly the montages and how overblown and dramatic they are. Uh, even Apollo's death scene was funny because they made it so fucking dramatic and bad and the music was bad and oh what a what a mwah, what a feel, piece of art i couldn't even feel bad during his funeral scene yeah because stallone was wearing fucking aviators uh, <laughs> you'll probably next week we'll probably go into i mean if it if it doesn't feel too outdated we could probably talk about a reaction to the game awards yeah. Top uh, that off. That'll uh, be like a week after it by then. But uh, we could probably briefly talk about it, whether it was a disappointment or not, perhaps. Yeah, it'll be fun. Then, then uh, also Smash Brothers will be out by then. And we'll both definitely of us talk are, about Smash Brothers. Both of us are big Smash fans, so... I'm not going to be able to buy it. the game. I'm just going to have to kill you and steal your copy. Or you just play it with me. No, I'm going to kill you. Steal your copy. Great. I, God, I want to die so bad. Come here. Kill me right now. All right. Come here. All right, hang on. Come here, kill me. Where's the Guitar Hero? It's over there. Where's the Guitar Hero controller? I'm going to kill you with the Guitar Hero live controller. Come on, do it. I fucking dare you. Yeah, that's right. Genhart's getting up. He's grabbing the Guitar Hero controller. I'm going to commentate my death. Are you ready? Oh, God. I'm... Oh, ah! <laughs> <laughs>